Hallelujah. Our Father. Hallelujah. Praise his wonderful name. I give God thanks one more time. Uh, thanking him for everyone that has taken the time out just to join with us here at Faith Deliverance International Ministries. Those who have those who are joining us on Facebook Live, on YouTube and live. It's such a privilege just to have you this morning and we are praying that your hearts will be blessed of the Lord this morning. It's not by chance. We don't take it for granted, but it is the will of God for you to be in service with us this morning. And we are praying that God's will for your life will come to pass. At this time, we're going to bow our heads in prayer. Uh, we're going to be praying, asking the Lord for his leading uh, as we move into the the word of the Lord, asking him to have his way, to touch us in a special way, to prepare our hearts and our mind to receive from him. I know the enemy is fighting, but I'm also convinced that the Lord is victorious in every sense of the word he is victorious he is the victor praise his wonderful name father i thank you for this time thank you lord jesus for another day that we are joined together in worship lord jesus physically separated but by one spirit many members one body and so god as we come before you this morning i pray lord that you rain down upon us your blessings i pray this morning that you saturate our hearts with your holy presence god i pray lord that you will prepare our minds to receive from you let there be no distractions. Lord, I pray that you speak to the consciences of men. Lord God Almighty, hallelujah. You are a good Father. Breathe upon us this morning. Lord, we need you. Hallelujah. More than ever, let your will be done. Touch me. God, I have nothing to say except what you have inspired me to say, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God Almighty, hallelujah, that you will use me for your own purpose. Hallelujah, have thine own way. We say thanks one more time in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord and bless his holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, bless his holy name. Praise his wonderful name. We give God thanks for leading us so far, thanking him for Sister Mary and Sister Chana and the hard work that they continue to do. And thanks for everyone that's online this morning. This morning, I want to extend to those who have joined us on Facebook Live on YouTube, and even you know, on our Zoom, if you were not here in the when we started our 
service this morning. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are online with us this morning. We want to extend to you a very happy Father's Day from the family of Faith Deliverance International Ministries. Uh, this morning, I, I want to speak this morning to everyone in the house or in your respective homes or wherever you are, but especially to the fathers. I want to speak to the fathers. I hope this morning that as we look into the word of God, that we will see principles by which if we conduct our life, we can find true success which comes from the Lord. Good success. Like he said to Joshua, keeping this law, this word of God, adhere to it, study it, see that you do everything that it says and you will find good success. And as is celebrated across this world this morning in various countries, Father's Day I want from my heart to speak to the fathers in our assemblies in our community in a wider sense fathers that contribute to the nation. As we think carefully on the role of a father, he's a leader. He's called as the head of his family to serve. First Corinthians one, first Corinthians eleven rather, and verse three. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Ephesians five and verse twenty three tells us for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. He's a leader, a protector, and he serves his family. He provides spiritual leadership for his family. 
Genesis 18 and verse 19. For I have chosen him, Abraham, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. He provides spiritual leadership. In 1 Samuel 12 and verse 1, we see the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. He leads by example. Genesis 28 and verse 1 to 4. It's the father's role to bless his children. Bible tells us that Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him. You must not take a wife from the Canaanite woman. Arise, go to Aaron to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there, one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. These are some of the, the roles of a father. And we don't necessarily, sometimes we find it difficult. We don't practice these things. Uh, but we're called to bless our children. And we see Hebrews 11 testifying against it, about it rather. 11 verse 20 said, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and on Esau. The father prays for his family. Job 1 and verse 5 said, And when the days of the feast and had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Father is called to love, understand, and honor his wife. Fathers, I hope we are taking notes this morning, myself included, challenging myself by the word of God. I'm not here to preach down to any individual, but the word of God must be preached. Ephesians 5 and verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It tells us that fathers cannot be selfish. They're not self-centered. They're servants even as Christ served the church by emptying himself 
giving up his life for the church. We're called to show compassion and care for our children. Psalm 103 and verse 13 says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He's called to discipline his children. Proverbs 13 and verse 24 tells us, whoever spears the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. We are also asked not to provoke our children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and instructions of the Lord. Ephesians 6 and verse 4. So many other Things are roles that the father has to play, but I will close with this one. He provides for his family. He provides for his family. First Timothy 5 and verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Second Corinthians 12 and verse 14, Paul writing to the brethren in Corinth, he said, for the ter- third time, I am ready to come to you and I will not be a burden For I seek not what is yours, but you. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. Fathers are providers. As we review these roles of fathers, I want to bring to your attention this morning a character that we find on the pages of God's holy word. A man, a father, his life and his end result. This morning we're going to look Carefully, fathers, and everyone else, we can gain from the principle that we will see in God's word. We look on the character, the man, Lot. I hope to preach, teach, or speak from the subject 
remember Lot. I know Jesus in warning the generation in his day he made a statement remember Lot's wife. But this morning I want to speak to the fathers remember Lot remember Lot I want to be very timely this morning who is Lot we find in Genesis 11 and verse 27 now these are the generations of Terah Terah begot Abram, Nahar, and Haran, and Haran begot Lot. But something happened. Haran, Lot's father, died before his father, Terah, in the land of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldees. Bible tells us that Terah took Abraham his son and Lot the son of Haran his son's son and Sarah his daughter-in-law his son Abraham's wife and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees. Genesis 11 verse 27 and going down to 31. When we move over to Genesis 12 the very next chapter we see Abraham being called upon the Lord to separate himself, to leave and head for a land that he will show him. Verse 4 tells us, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him he travels with a man called Abraham a man who the Lord was communicating with a man who was sharing an experience with the God of heaven the Bible said that Abraham took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. So next time we heard about Lot. The next thing in verse, in chapter 13, it tells us of an occasion where Abram, with whom Lot was traveling with, went down to Egypt. And in chapter 13 now, they're coming back out of Egypt, having avoided a great famine that was in the land that caused them to turn down or to go down to Egypt. 
In chapter 13 of Genesis, Bible tells us that Abraham went up out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had and lot with him. They were together into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, unto the place of the altar, which he had been there at the first, And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Lot was with him. Abraham is worshiping. We're not talking about Abraham this morning. He will be sitting in the shadows. But his life will speak very loudly. Bible said, and Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abraham's cattle. And the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwell then in the land. Brothers and sisters. Coming out of Egypt. We recognize very clearly. The Lord wants us to understand The wealth of Abraham. Very rich in cattle. In silver and in gold. And also the wealth of Lot. He had flocks, herds and tents. Quite different from Abraham. Similar in some way. But yet different. Abraham had silver. And gold. Precious metals. Along with his cattle. Seemingly. And I want to believe that the Lord. In his words. Is very clear. Everything that's written on the pages of God's holy word. Is there for a purpose. Lot had flocks. Herds and tents. No mention of gold. No mention of silver. He's building his wealth. He's not quite there as yet. But that's fine. We see, brothers and sisters, very clearly from the beginning, a good man, a man who could have stayed back in Haran, 
but went with his uncle Abram. A man who was gaining from Abram's experience with the eternal God. Scripture tells us that Abram commanded his household to serve the eternal God. The one God that was revealing himself to him. Abraham went down to Egypt to avoid a famine. Perhaps not the best choice. A wrong choice. Lot went with him. We find them coming out of Egypt. With wealth, with gain. And now, God is about to test the character of the men. Fathers, a good character. Never fails to grant good success. The Bible said they had so much substance, cattles, that the land was not able to bear them. was no longer able for all of them to dwell together. Why? Because their substance was great. It's not Abram. It's not Lot. But these men are about to be tested. See, brothers and sisters, in God's test, He never announces His test ahead of time. Because the character of an individual is seen or known or he is who he is when no one is observing him. God tests us with the simple things. God will try us with everyday activities. Small things, small details, common places. That's where our character shines out. 
And so, when things go wrong, we can clearly see the character of an individual. Not when things are going right, but when there is a disturbance, when things starts to go wrong. And so we are told that there is a strife between the herdmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. It's a quarrel between the employees of Lot and the employees of Abraham. Abraham quickly realized and to deal with, to bring a resolution to the conflict, said unto Lot, let there be no strife. Genesis 13, 8. I pray thee between me and thee and between my herdmen and thy herdmen for we be Brethren, let there be no discord, no strife. Let's dwell together in unity. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Separate. Abraham is giving Lot free will to make a choice. Lot's character is about to be revealed. What's wrong with the choice? We make them every day. The Lord made us that way. He wants us to choose. He told the people of Israel, choose life and you will live. The power of choice, free will, is a gift that God gave to each and every one of us. The power to choose. He placed man in the garden, gave him a command, and man had the freedom to obey or disobey. Man chose the latter. And plunge his whole world into sin, and darkness, death. And so, Lot is about to make a choice. Lot is about to be tested. 
But I bring to your mind two scriptures. Philippians 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Colossians 3 and verse 1. If he, brothers, fathers, be risen with Christ. This is for everyone. But I want to speak to the spirit of fathers this morning. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For he are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Genesis 13 and verse 10. Let's look on it. The Bible said that Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Brothers, fathers, to everyone, the principle. In the, in the King James, it says, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld, which is interpreted to have a very, not just a glance, but a long look to discern. Lot is about to choose two things that stands out in this passage of scripture. Long look for himself. Long look. Verse 11, for himself. Long look for himself. He's a father. He's supposed to be 
to serve his family in that capacity. But very clearly, we're now seeing the character of Lot. The central purpose of Lot's choice was selfishness. Selfishness. He's a self-centered individual. He's choosing, the scripture tells us, Lot, verse 11, chose for himself he's not taking into consideration his children his wife his household he's choosing for himself why are we looking into this scripture because fathers including myself our choices will carry a very, will carry what is considered a lifetime impact upon our lives and the generations that should follow us. Your choice, if God spare our lives or he tarries even after we die, the generations that we will never live to see will be affected whether positively or negatively. We, some of us, are living, reaping, or having some bad experiences simply because of the choice of someone whom we did not even meet. All of us today, thank God for his grace and salvation. But all of us were born in sin simply because two persons, Adam and Eve, disobeyed God. Plunged his whole world into darkness. The rest is history. Lot chose for himself. He chose something to minister to himself. What about your wife? What about your children? No. Long look for himself. What's the reason? Why are you observing the Jordan Valley? Brothers and sisters, Bible tells us that so Abraham settled in the land of Canaan. 
and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Lot choice was to separate himself and move to the plains of Jordan near the city of Sodom. But the Bible tells us in verse 13, but the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Why would you desire to draw near to such people, Lot, parting company with the glory and the shield of the Lord that was around Abraham? You see, brothers and sisters, it is important for us to understand when the Bible tells us it is a reason why he told the Bible tells us that Lot was wealthy. But the Lord also allowed us to know the difference between the wealth of Lot versus the wealth of Abraham. Lot was still seeking gain, even though he was wealthy. And self is the underlying reason to please himself. How many households, how many fathers, how many children, rather, how many wives have suffered Homes have become chaotic simply because of fathers who chose for themselves. Fathers who chooses to live a life that's self-centered. Nothing is wrong in getting gain, brothers and sisters. However, desiring simply for yourself, what's happening to Lot is that he's entering upon a compromise between two wrong principles. The Bible tells us Let's go back and look. Let's read very, very critical eyes. Lot took a long look, verse 10, at the fertile plains of Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere. Like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt like the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt he's attracted to it he reminds him of the garden of the Lord like the land 
of Egypt. You see, brothers and sisters, a trip to Egypt had influenced Lot. He came out a changed individual. When he went down to Egypt, one of the world powers back then, he seen the commerce, the wealth, and the blinding materialism of Egypt. He recognizes how easily it is to get gain or to increase your wealth in Egypt. And Lot is attracted to that lifestyle. It's easier for him to increase his wealth and dwelling in tents and living a nomadic lifestyle. So it was easy having this desire for him to make a choice when God tests him. One word, one statement from Abraham did not understand that it is the Lord that was using Abraham. Separate yourself. Behold, the whole land is before us. Choose whatever area you want and I will take the opposite. It's a quicker way to live. A quicker way to gain. To live in the nearness Bible said that he pitched his tent to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Just a simple choice. What's wrong in living near Sodom? Let's read. The Bible said the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Like the land of Egypt and yet like the garden of the Lord. This is where I'm going to strike my compromise. I think I'll be able to live compromise and enjoy both realms. My experience with the Lord. And the ease of amassing my wealth. See brothers and sisters. What Lot is attempting to do. Is to bring two things together. Which are in opposition to each other. Recognize, brothers and sisters, that Lot, as we progress in the narrative, we will, we will see where he is now living in Sodom. But watch the move, fathers, watch this move. 
he pitches his tent towards Sodom. It's a principle of compromise. When he makes his choice, he does not go straight into Sodom and live there. He simply pitches his tent towards Sodom. Not into the city. Just near enough to be able to use it, to benefit from it. The question is, as we look into the words of God, fathers, families, children, wives, grandchildren are depending on us. The spirit of compromise. We will have to fight it until the day we die to find true success. Hallelujah. Let's move over to the 14th chapter. In the 14th chapter of Genesis, Lot is now living in Sodom. He's not near Sodom, but he is in Sodom. It's a natural sequence. It's the choice that he made that's naturally playing out. Near Sodom, now in Sodom. See, brothers and sisters, one choice will lead to another. I will pitch my tent near to Sodom so I can, I don't want to go into Sodom, but I will stay near to Sodom to make use of Sodom. But having spent some time near to Sodom, See, brothers, the walls of protection are going down. And the choice has caused our eyes to become dim. Lot is not seen like he used to while he was with Abraham. And so the next sequence the next choice for Lot would for him to say it would be so much more convenient. It's a lot of traveling. Even though we're near, it's a lot of traveling to go back and forth into Sodom. How about we move into Sodom? So he makes another choice. When he made it, we, we do not know. But he moves into Sodom because it's convenient. And the next thing we understand, 
He's no longer living in tents. He has abandoned that life. But he's in a house. No longer separated from Sodom. But now a citizen of Sodom. Small, small compromise. But yet can be very devastating. The Bible tells us in Genesis 19, That there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. He's sitting in the gate. Eastern culture, it simply means he had become the chief magistrate in the city. He's an elder, a man of status in Sodom. His role was to decide questions of dispute between the citizens and to receive visitors. Lot had become, in modern day setting, possibly we could call it the mayor of that city. He has status. Great advancement, having made a choice for himself, pitched his tent towards Sodom. Then he moved into Sodom, and now he is the mayor of Sodom. What a career! It appears that Lot is advancing himself from tent. To a mayor's chair. Quite a. Quite some success. But the scripture tells us. That wicked city. Sodom. See brothers and sisters. We will have to understand. That not everything that we deem as success is success. Having 
reached to that level. And the end result of his life, you can continue to read on through Genesis 19 going down. But I will summarize some things for us to understand. Time had come when Lot living in the city of Sodom angels came down to Sodom simply because God was about to destroy the city. I wonder how after we're told in the scriptures of the destruction of Sodom, if we should interview the man Lot, ask him some questions about his life, his choices, what would be his responses? Fathers, brothers, sisters, especially fathers, every choice counts. And even choosing not to choose is a choice that will still count. Four questions we will pose to Lot this morning. And try to answer them through scriptures. Lot. How has this move affected your own inner life? Your mind. Your own heart. Number one. Number two. How has it affected your family. Whom you took into Sodom with you. How have you affected Sodom? How have you influenced Sodom? Lastly, how much money or gain did you make in Sodom by the time you had done? A selfish choice. We are going to critically look on it and answer it from the text. How has this move affected your own inner life, your mind, your own heart? Second Peter 2 and verse 7. Let's see his state of mind, his heart, how his emotional being is. Peter said, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. A picture 
of discontent. Lot lost his peace and rest when he went down to Sodom. One choice. How about this? How about the status? Yes! He was an elder in the city. But a man that was living without peace. He had increase in gain while in Sodom. But his heart was hot and restless. No peace. Vex with the filthy conversations of the wicked. That was Sodom. How about your family? How has this move, this choice affected your family? And as we look on Lot, brothers, fathers, let's look into our own lives. Ask ourselves the hard questions. How has it affected your family? Genesis 19, verse 24, we will see Lot's life, his influence on his son-in-law. Verse 14 tells us, verse 12 said, And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou there any besides the angels, son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy. 14 tells us, Lot went out and spake unto his son-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-law. A preacher, a father without influence. His son-in-law mocked him. How about your children? Hallelujah. How about your children, Lot? Certainly, they must have advanced themselves following in your footsteps. How has this move affected them? Brothers and sisters, it's a very sad story. One which is not easily told. 
in an effort at one point in time to save the guests, the angels. Lot chooses when the men of the city surrounded his house, desiring to have sexual relations with the men, angels. There were men that were staying in Lot's house. Lot pleaded with them to take their daughter, his daughters and leave these men alone. going to look on the children a little bit. How about your wife? Bible tells us that when the fire, the angel of the Lord pulled Lot and his family out of that city and fire Brimstone rained down upon Sodom. Lot wife look back. Stories the scripture tells us she became a pillar of salt. Careful reading and understanding. We will recognize area in Israel is called the Dead Sea has a quite very potent insult caused by this judgment that touched down from heaven When we analyze the text, we get to understand that she was consumed in the judgment. What remained of her was sought. A husband, a father's choice. Lot's wife had a strong attachment to Sodom. How? Simply because Lot chose to pitch his tent towards Sodom. How about your children? They came out, escaped the judgment. But what condition, Brother Lot, are your children in? Genesis 19 and verse 30 tells us, And Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain, and his two daughters with him. 
for he feared to dwell in Zohar. And he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, O father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, and we that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also. And go down, thou in and lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the young arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bear a son and call his name Moab. Same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bear a son and call his name Benamai. The same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. Where? But Lot, you never acted like that. Where did they get this from? In that wicked city. They became corrupt. Who brought them to that city? Long look choosing for himself. I thought it was success. Children who had lost moral values. Children who had become corrupted by the wicked city of Sodom. Now, in sensuous relationship with their dad. Moab, enemy of God. Ammonites, enemy of God. why it's written in the scriptures Hebrew boys are told not to take or marry anyone from Moab lastly how about your influence on Sodom we will not we will have to go back to chapter 18, around about verse 33, to understand Lot's influence on Sodom. Abraham is told that Sodom is about to be destroyed. God said, I cannot hide this thing from my servant, my friend Abraham. Abraham begins to plead 
with the Lord. He's interceding for the people of Sodom. He knows that they are wicked. And no one would like to see lives perish. Abraham begins to intercede. Lord, if you find 50 righteous people, would you not save that land? Hold back your hand of judgment. Can't find it. How about 45? Can't find it. How about 40? Judgment still stands. So a great city. And Lot has not influenced. Not even 40. How about 30? Judgment still stands. How about 20? Judgment still stands. How about 10? Judgment still stands. He has not even influenced 10. See, brothers, there's no success in compromise. None. Verse 33 tells us, and the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communion with Abraham and returned unto his place. Lot lived there until he became, quote unquote, mayor. Let's use that word. Seemingly successful, but it was a disastrous failure. Lastly, how much money did you make? How about your trading, your stocks, your investments, your gain? Have you started collecting precious metals, silver, gold? Genesis 19.15 tells us at the dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. Such harsh commanding words. Verse 16 tells us the tie soul tied to that city what you see is a city but what I'm observing his commitment to his choice Bible said when Lot still hesitated still lingering get out now but he's He's still lingering. Bible said the angels seize his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rush them to safety outside the city. For the Lord was merciful. 
Lot did not choose to leave. It was the mercy of God that brought him out. So blinded had Lot become. that Even in the midst of judgment and destruction, he could not see it. He was overwhelmed with his choice for himself. The long look for himself. Angels had to seize him. That's a very strong word. Grab hold of him. Overpower him. To pull him out. His wife and his daughters to a place of safety. How about the money? Certainly you went down to Sodom with wealth. How about your gain, Lot? He has lost it all. All he saved out of Sodom was his life. He lost everything. He went down to Sodom, a wealthy man, and came out a pauper, poverty-stricken. Why? Long look for himself. Good man acting on a wrong principle. Brothers, fathers, as I attempt to close off, what lessons can we learn from Brother Lot's life? It speaks very loudly of the folly of self-centered seeking, choosing for ourselves. We understand that it's useless to make compromise between good and evil. His choice was an act of dishonesty and hypocrisy. Pitching near to Sodom with a mind that's in Sodom. It tells us, brothers and sisters, that to be successful, we must find a simple principle of life and act upon it. Simple principle. See, brothers, we live in a world that deals heavily with numbers and the doctrines of this wicked city. Yes, 
even the one that we live in. Preach is very hard, very hard to us. Look out for yourself. Invest in yourself. Everything is about self. Make yourself number one. The greatest failure is what we call success, which leaves God out of the bargain. We term it success. Without God being a part of the decision making. Is it really success? No. Lot life tells us. See brothers and sisters. Abram we're told. Had his eyes. Beyond the material realm. He was looking for a city. He was builder. And maker. Is Christ our Lord. Lot. Chose for himself. A city. That could amass. His wealth. The man who is far seen, the spiritual man, is a man who looks beyond the earth into the heavenly things. Such a man writes, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. And house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly designed to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. This is the man who has taken into account the spiritual things in his dealing with the material. He knows the end result has nothing to do. Or the goal has nothing to do with this realm. It's seen beyond the earthly. Setting his affection on things above. See brothers and sisters. Let's go back to Genesis 13. We learn a lesson that we should live by a simple principle. What is the principle that we can learn? That we gain from this? Abraham said, after the herdsmen had their quarrel, 
Verse 9, he said, the whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Lot chose. Bible said that in verse 12, after Lot having chosen to pitch his tent towards Sodom, Bible said, Abraham settled in the land of Canaan. And verse 14 tells us, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. What's the simple principle? It is brothers and sisters, the people who let God choose get everything. And the people who choose for themselves lose everything. The simple principle that we learn from this narrative. The people who let God choose get everything. And the people who choose for themselves Lose everything. Abraham did not choose. And God gave him. And his descendants. Everything. Lot chose. And he lost. Everything. I want to say to fathers who are finding it very difficult to have a relationship with your children. What choice did you make to affect the relationship you have with your child? It is only a heart of repentance and returning to the place of your choice and reversing that decision that will grant you any opening into the into ever having the relationship you desired with your child or children The gifts won't help. The money won't help. What they need is you. They need a father that has his eyes upon his children. A father that pities his children. Shows compassion to his children. 
A father who cares for his children. Who can be there emotionally. Whose shoulders can be a resting place for difficult times. Father who cares about the future of their children. But since you buy the latest car, the best clothes that you can wear, and your children don't have a spiritual life, a good education, you're just going through life choosing for yourself. Fathers who choose to love themselves more than they love their wives. Not recognizing that your tent is towards Sodom. As life plays out, it's just a few days and you'll recognize you will lose everything. You blame your wife. You blame the beauty that you married. The one you fell in love with. But you haven't realized that your choice has changed her. And it's not that she's against you. But your choice has caused you, caused her rather, to become a different individual. Someone says, you got to make hay while the sun shines. Your children are looking on your life. You're a big screen. You're a movie being played out before their eyes. They see you skipping church to gain wealth. They see you skipping precious moments to gain wealth. And you're advancing Perhaps invested money in acquiring properties for them. But deep down, they're discontented. Because money cannot answer their very great need that's screaming out on the inside. And the craziness of us fathers running to and fro not recognizing that the whole family is about to be lost they don't need your money they need you pitching your tent towards Sodom Abandoning children, wife, 
grandchildren. The sake of a self-centered life. Lord, have mercy. I would to God that the hand of the Lord will pull us out of this misery that we have found ourselves in. One of the contributing cause to the tragedy of modern day society, brothers and sisters, is fathers who have not governed their lives by a godly principle. We see it playing out in our society. See, brothers and sisters, we scream at our children and we say they are rebellious. But the rebellion started with a wrong choice. A choice that sows seeds of rebellion in the spirit of the children. Pain, agony, hurt. Never been there. Never seen you. Never commended by a father. I could go on and on. But I'm going to stop. Certainly, we have done some things right. Perhaps. There are other areas that we can work on. To the Fathers of Faith Deliverance International Ministries, we're going to address these areas in our lives to become better fathers. Godly fathers, godly husbands, to care, to love, great families, will build great churches, but it begins with the head of the house, the father. Too long we have relinquished our role. Giving it to mothers. Poor mothers at times. Having to deal with everything. But let's take back our rightful place. Let's ask the Lord. As we move into prayer. Help us. Take me back. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be a father like you are. How can you please your life, your own life? Satisfy your needs and the needs of your immediate family is not satisfied. Scripture tells us you are worse than an 
unbeliever. But the father that we have cares for us. He gave of himself. Emptied himself. Purchased us with his own blood. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying. Those of us who are online, Facebook, YouTube, we're going to be praying. Hallelujah. Sister Mary will just sing a song to bring our hearts, prepare our minds as we pray. It's the choice. It has everything to do with the choice. I will be what you've called me to be. I'll say yes, Lord, I agree, my desire, passionately, is to be what you've called me to be. And that's what I'll be. So take my heart and mold it. Take my life, conform it. Take my Transform it to yours, to yours, oh Lord. And I will be what you've called me to be. I'll say yes, Lord. My desire passionately is to be what you've called me to be, and that's what I'll be. So take my life, transform it. Take my mind, transform it, Lord, take my will, conform it to yours, to yours, oh Lord, Lord, take Take my mind, 
transform it and take my will conform it to yours to yours oh lord i will be what you've called me to be I'll say yes Lord I agree my desire ever passionately is to be what you've called me to be lord that's what i'll be hallelujah 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 